White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Right after, grand slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter at EctorWall23. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show is at Locked On Sox. 312-566-8727 is the way you can reach me on voicemail. Reach me, reach us on voicemail and locked on socks at <laughs> Gmail. It's the way you can send us a email without any further ado. I don't know if you heard that sound, Chris. Yeah. Probably just on my end. No, it was mine because I had an article up from NBC Sports Chicago with some quotes that are going to make your ass hurt later on, as the great Terry Bors would say. And uh, go back to the window just to, to cite the things. And of course, there's a video playing. Because why wouldn't there be? You know? It's, Jesus it's all Christ. Good. <laughs> yeah. I was making sure because sometimes <laughs> I hear stuff on my end that you don't hear on the air. So I was making sure. Yeah. But you're here. How are you doing, Chris? I, I'm fine. We have a saying in the old radio industry problem is on your end. Uh, we are episode 263 today, and we are. Are brought to you today by our friends. Oh, it's Locked On Prospects. That's right, folks. If you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over prospects, we have the podcast for you. It's Locked On MLB Prospects, hosted by minor league play-by-play voice Aram Layton. It's the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow Locked On MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, 263. I, I really don't want to hit this button. It does, they, it does not feel like this button is, gets, is deserved to be hit, <laughs> but it, but it's a win. It shows up in the win column just the same in game two today. So here we go. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turkle Bridge, Division Street. Let's go. Uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, it's a formality at this point. So the Sox not with a great showing this weekend. Uh, they they dropped. Two of three to the Mariners, uh, who are playing some really good baseball, and well, this is b- going to be the theme of the show today, and pretty much the past month. This is not who you play; it's when you play them. They've got some talent over there, and we'll, we'll talk about those guys in a little bit here. But the Sox are—they remain two and a half up on the Indians, who lost to the Twins, who are coming to town. The Twins, winners of seven of nine, and we'll preview them in the final segment. But the Indians lost. Uh, uh, Naylor today uh, in a Ooh. really just disgusting injury. Uh, yeah. they, they showed it during the Sox game, and it's like I, I felt like they should have had a disclaimer before that came up there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't I don't know what the final prognosis was. If it was the knee or what was going on there? It was a, a fracture. I think he fractured his lower leg, his tibia and or fibia. Oh, it, don't watch it and, unless you're yeah. Don't watch it unless you're someone who enjoys you know unless you're like some sort of a masochist or whatever. But it was a rough watch uh, seeing that so with their you know one of the few offensive threats the Indians have uh, is going to be on the shelf for a little bit but somehow they 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 persist and they're going to hang around so what else is new but uh, we'll get to them and and the division a little bit uh, later on in the show Uh, a couple of news items here one you know when you're watching the Sox and you're just trying to have a nice Sunday and you're in you're hoping that they they can eke out a victory and you maybe you're doing stuff around the house maybe you're listening to the game on the radio and all of a sudden 
you look up and someone else is is writhing on the ground in pain and you're saying oh no god damn it every time i watch this team someone's getting hurt and it's always devastating jose abreu uh was hit with a pitch yesterday if you didn't see it uh fortunately it's just a bruise and uh he will be day to day uh, he's not hitting well right now, but this lineup cannot afford to lose anyone of that ilk. So it's it's it was, that was another tough one to watch, and you know you figure it's just it's you know you worry about a shattered uh, bone there uh, the, at the spot that it was hit. But fortunately, he's just going to be day to day. They cannot afford to lose him, and uh, yeah, man, that that was another rough watch. But it's just been a whole all season long with this stuff, Herb. Yeah, I when he got hurt, you know, Hose, he's tough as nails. So when he's writhing in pain, you know, it's real business. He's he's out for a minimum amount of time that you don't want him and can't have him day to day. But I don't see him coming back. I mean, Hose has proven me wrong in the past before. He wanted to play that second game after uh, Dozier hit him in the head, uh, but, but they didn't allow him. But He's, I think, is going to be out for a significant amount of time, at least a 10-day IL stint, if if not more. That looked like ball on bone. Yep. And when he's on the ground doing that, I'm like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ. We've had such terrible luck this year. And I know a lot of people around the league have, but we're rooting for the White Sox. It's really tough to see your best hitters go out and they've mostly been hitters you know you got the occasional cordero and now uh, i don't know what the hell happened to michael kopech he's dead forever but mostly it's our hitters who are getting affected and that's the one area the white Sox cannot afford is the month of june has not been kind to their offense it's been really bad and hose even though he has been bad is a catalyst to that offense he can get you a clutch so him going out for any amount of time is going to be tough for the white Sox. Well, some reinforcements may be on the way, if you believe what Bob Nightingale tweeted uh, late Saturday evening. And, uh, you know, you talk about adding some firepower to your lineup, Herb. Uh, this guy, if he was added to the White Sox lineup, he would be the, the leading uh, home run hitter on the team by a significant margin with his 17 home runs. Uh, talking, of course, about Eduardo Escobar. Uh, Escobar season has returned, uh, maybe, according to Bob Nightingale. He tweets this on Saturday night. Listen to this this word salad of uh, just an odd baseball news dump here. Uh, you know, oh, su- su- this was mid like this was twelve oh nine a.m. Sunday morning. Excuse me, Eduardo Escobar four for five with a double and homer and five RBI, and soon on his way from the D-backs to the White Sox is about to end the D-backs twenty four game road losing streak before he departs. They are up ten nothing in the eighth over the Padres. Um, yeah, if you missed that, there just buried in the middle of that, uh, Eduardo Escobar. Bar on his way from the D-backs to the Chicago White Sox, as Gene Hanta would say. So what in the hell is going on here? Um, there's some follow-up before we get into it. Chuck Garfine tweeted uh, yesterday, Eduardo Escobar is not in the lineup today for the Diamondbacks. A source said he is expected to be traded. A few teams are interested in acquiring him. Destination unknown. Uh, how bizarre at, at this point. So... Eduardo Escobar is on his way out, as we all are. We should act accordingly. And you know, I don't know. I, I'm just get those? I, I'm sandwiching all the references here on a Sunday. Um, it's been a wild day. So, what the hell? What is that from Bob Nightingale? Just be like, we know Bob Nightingale is the the mouthpiece to, for Jerry Reinsdorf and the White Sox organization, and that can be 
useful at times because you know if Bob says it, it's it's going to be true. Uh, the last noted thing to, to come out is when Bob said the White Sox are, are broke and they're poor and they don't have any more money. <laughs> and that is an evergreen statement, my friend. So he was right about that. Uh, he, you know, he won't uh, hurt himself out there on that ledge. But uh, what do we make of this, Herb? This 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 is a weird way to kind of sort of break a trade here. And it kind of it, it's a bad look for everyone involved, I think. Yeah, I mean, and also gives implausible deniability. I said, guys, maybe soon, and soon could be in the off season, or soon could be in August. He's gonna retire, retire a White Sox. Yeah, I'm coming so, home. I'm coming home. It's a slow video plan. Yeah, and then he's like, Eduardo Escobar got got, and people always lament this trade, but. Tell me one Sox fan who thought Eduardo Escobar would be this. Yeah, hey, let's explore this for a second. Eduardo Escobar retires as a White Sox, and what do they do? They they give him a statue, obviously. Um, and so he's sitting out there, uh, you know, in the middle of the infield, and they bring back all the members from the the 2012 White Sox to sit there along with them. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, Eduardo, you know, Alejandro Diaz is going to intro him. <laughs> You know, and then, you know, here's Diane Viciedo and Rios and Dunn sitting there, you know, and uh, Brent Lillibridge is there, <laughs> the crusher, Kosuke's out there, and of Jesus course, Dan Christ. Johnson, who of course is on the team for next year, as we know, but yeah, that's uh, just the image of the 2012 White Sox. He was there for like a, an entire season, I think, and between 11 and 12. And that team almost won the goddamn division. Yeah, they did. Um, not No thanks to Eduardo Escobar, you know, they, they had to trade him away uh, to get... Uh, uh, Francisco uh, Liriano. Liriano. So, yeah. So, that's if you youngsters out there don't remember, Eduardo Escobar was a White Sox and they traded him uh, for Liriano. And, uh, yeah. So, that didn't work out uh, quite well. But, yeah, I, I just, it puts the White Sox in a weird position because you, you got to tighten up your shit, man. You got to, it leaks all over this place. That's not a uh, that's not a good look because we know this team could use a bat right now. And you could say what you want about Eduardo Escobar. If you take a look at it, uh, his numbers right now, you know he's having a really good year from a power standpoint. Seventeen bombs, as I said, fifty-two runs batted in. It's a pretty big year for a middle infielder like that. He's thirty-two years old. Uh, right now, the OBP is a tick under three hundred, but I think maybe that's due to his slow start. If you just look at his last. Uh, 30 games. Uh, he's got uh, six homers, and uh, he's hitting 287 with a 333 OBP. So maybe that's a little bit more indicative. But he's red hot over his last seven. So it just—it's a bad look for the Sox because they the, the the guys on this team know they could use another bat. They just—they need warm, healthy bodies at this point. It's not even just about production. It's just about getting some depth here and, and having some consistency. You know, I don't know if I'm wrong about Danny Mendick, but he has not been good here in the early going since Madrigal went down. But I just, you know, I, I wonder when. We, we know this is a guy that, you know, the Sox love reunions. And, you know, we know that the, the, the fit is there from both a clubhouse chemistry standpoint and a baseball standpoint. I just question whether the juice is, is worth the squeeze here in terms of what they're going to have to give up to get him. And I, I hope that they don't stop there if they acquire him. Yeah, and I was surprised this while I was watching the Padres and the Diamondbacks play Escobar bat in the seventh and actually got an RBI, but it should have been out. You know, um, Fernando Tatis Jr., while dynamic with the bat, has been struggling with the glove ever since Sucks. he came up a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, he's terrible. I mean, I, it was a great trade by look, the way. No, 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 don't look away from the three bombs he hit the other night, okay? Fuck look, that. Look, look away. That's a, don't pay attention to that. You know, some jackass traded Tatis. <laughs> anyway. So, like, he got it at bat, and I was like, 
you know, thinking about the Bob tweet and that he hadn't started the game, I was like, all right, here we go. He's hug watch. Here we go. I'm I'm in. But the guy batted and he was on the bases. He batted a couple times actually in that game. So the quad must be feeling good and the trade must not be going through. So, yes, the White Sox need to tighten that chip. And especially with Bob, he has a reputation that is stellar with the White Sox. He's broken a lot of stories because he has the ear of Kenny and Jerry. But this didn't actually happen because the White Sox would be furious to have Eduardo Escobar if they traded for him playing a game that doesn't matter, especially late in that game. It did matter. They at bat, you know, Diamondbacks are trying to win, which they eventually lost. But if they made the trade, Eduardo be hug watching and on his way to Chicago for this Minnesota series. But, you know, I guess Bob was told something and he couldn't hold his water. <laughs> maybe, you know, they need to yeah tighten the ship or maybe they're trying to distance themselves from Bob because they know that Bob oh, they, has the ear are they setting of these guys. Are they setting them up for the old Shawn Michaels uh, chin, sweet chin music double cross here? Yeah, yeah and maybe sometimes you need to do that just so you can like, oh, I yeah. thought Bob was our guy. So Kitty came up. <laughs> you guys said that Bob's our guy. I remember him talking about is Eduardo Escobar on Team Rick? Do you see him? Oh, oh you guys were wrong. Oh, just like the Kenny Williams what was that? What was that other one where the, the one over Christmas when he when uh, Rick Hahn was pissed that Oh, yeah. Did I go see? Oh, Rick Hahn and Jerry Ryan. So I was like, did I go see now? Did we sign oh, this guy? Yeah. O- Ozuna. Yeah. Yeah. The, so, yeah. yeah. So every Ozuna. once in a while, they, they throw a bad, bad thing out there so they can look bad. They can have their source look bad. It's just, you yeah. know, know that they're not their guy all the time. If Bob has it, we usually believe it. But maybe they're you know, putting the sniff off on the wrong side on the on the out there. Just so I don't know. Bob can be wrong also so other teams can like overpay for Escobar or bring the price down, something like that. I don't know what the White Sox main goal is with uh, this bad information they gave to Bob. Obviously, they gave it to him, right? Do (laughs) anybody have a a doubt that they gave it to him? No, absolutely not. Uh, You know, uh, this this information, it's an ace, another Sopranos reference here. But, yeah, maybe that – I doubt that that's it. I'm wondering if it's just, uh, you know, uh, a prospect's – like there's probably – they're fighting over money or a fringe prospect. You know, like who's going to pick up most of the salary? I think he was making seven million this year. So, yeah. you know, you're talking about picking up maybe four million dollars, or you send another prospect that way. You know, and of course, if that's the situation, we're just speculating here because that often that's what it is with, with these trades that are all but done, but they, there's a hang up at the last minute. Just pay the money, man. Just pay the money. Don't give away Elijah Tatis, you know, for <laughs> half a season of Eduardo Escobar. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. we, you've been burned already. And, you know, so I, I don't want to tell Rickon how to do his job, but just pay the damn money. You, you're mm-hmm. you're 100%. Good crowds all weekend, despite the bad play. So, you've been seeing how Michael Erdolf has been playing, too? No, I have not. Ooh, he murdered a ball today. It just was loud. I was like, God <laughs> damn. Michael, his, his bat tool, it works. I mean, the power tool hey, works. Get so. him up here. Ooh, his power so, tools work. Nice. So, I mean, I would love to trade him for something good because I know he doesn't necessarily have a position for the future for the White Sox because I hope well our, our outfielders come back and they're healthy. 
Yeah, I wonder about next year, though, in right. If he can play right field once Adam Eaton uh, eventually uh, dissolves out there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> shatters, I mean, you know. He, he <laughs> I, hope our a- sets, I hope we set our sights higher in right field than Mike Rodolfo. But if he, if he plays and, and, he, you know, and he forces the issue, then cool. Yeah, I'm with it. Yeah. yeah, he's a guy that, I mean, I think probably they would like to see him succeed at the major league level yeah. since they did the international pick of him when he was 17 years old. Yeah. I think in like 2003. 13 or 14 whatever it was and so he's gone through the system as a teenager who was really skinny to a guy that looks like adonis he looks his and louis roberts bodies are interchangeable they're both big ass dudes yeah so he's worked himself into a nice physique but if the white Sox find a way i don't even know about escobar find a way to have this guy be a piece to get a better piece for this year it would really hurt because he's a power bat that looks nice but I would be willing to give up Michael Rodolfo, especially he's showing a little a little promise finally. Yeah. Uh, I know a couple of years he showed a little more promise in 18, but he fell off the last couple of years. So it's good for him, and I want him to be on a major league squad ever, you know, eventually. But for now, if he needs to get traded, I'm good. Yeah, I, I would love for him to, you know, kick Leary Garcia to the side like, hey, man, I'm, I'm the longest tenured White Sox around here, man. I'm the captain now. I've been here for three administrations as well. So, yeah. And they, that, and they signed me, jerk. Yeah, exactly. You're from Texas. Exactly. Um, all right. So let's get to the baseball, shall we? Um, mm. Ugly, ugly, ugly baseball this weekend as the Sox drop two or three. But they, they end on a high note and they do win the second half of the doubleheader with the postponement, whatever. The, the final game on Sunday they won. Um, you know, a few notes here from Sunday. We'll, we'll, you know what? So let's start here real quick. We'll just talk about the, uh, the, the, the loss in the suspended game mm-hmm. first. It was, it was a bad one. Um, you know, Liam Hendricks comes in in a non-safe spot and I'm like, Oh, look at Tony progressive Tony. He's listening to what all the critics are saying. People like us open up these microphones and we say, Hey, use your best pitcher in your highest leverage situation. And then Liam Hendricks promptly gives up a bomb. Oh my goodness. Uh, he gives up a bomb in the ninth inning, uh, process over results, right? Right, right. Is that mm-hmm. that's how we feel about that's this? How we feel. Right. I yes. Go ahead. I'm fine with this. All I am 100 percent right. fine with Liam Hendricks coming in that spot. This is why you do it. You lost the game, and if this is pick your reliever, if this is Marshall, if this is Hoyer, if this is Ruiz or any of them, and they give up that big bomb to Tramel, you're pissed even more. Because you have a bullet in the chamber that you didn't use. At least you're going down with your best guy. And that is the way you do it, especially at home where there's not going to be a save situation for you after that. So after eight and a half and you're tied, there's no more save situation for the home team. Like you have to go with Liam Hendricks right there in that situation to get you to the next inning. Yes, he failed there, but I would rather fail with my best then win with my worst. I 100% would. And uh, Trammell, that, that kid looks like a stud, man. I know he's he's not even hitting 200, if, if that, but the two bombs yesterday and just just playing a solid center field saves the game uh, in, in the ninth inning there with the catch. He looks like a stud. Oh. He was part of that three-way trade mm-hmm. with the Padres, the Reds, and Indians uh, for Trevor Bauer. 
So that was a wild one there, but that, that man, they got some talent over there in Seattle, and they were playing really good baseball coming in. But coming up after quick timeout, Dallas Keuchel maybe bust-tossed his manager a little bit? We'll hear that next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by a new friend. It's our friends at Wild Alaskan. We all know we should be eating more fish to get our omega-3s and protein, but the seafood counter can be intimidating at times. Which fish tastes the best? What type of cut? Can you really be sure about the quality? Well, Wild Alaskan Company takes the guesswork out of buying wild-caught seafood. Wild Alaskan Company delivers high-quality, sustainably sourced, wild-caught seafood right to your door. Choose from salmon, whitefish, or a combination, and every month there are different specials to explore. Each shipment contains premium, wild-caught, individually-wrapped portions of delicious seafood that's ready to prepare and easy to cook. That really sounds delicious, especially this summer. Throw some salmon on the grill. Folks, there's nothing better, I'm telling you. Wild Alaskan Company seafood is how nature intended it to be. Always wild, never farmed or modified, and it contains no antibiotics. You can adjust, pause, or cancel your membership at any time, and they offer 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Get your nutrition from nature with Wild Alaskan Company. And right now, for our Locked on White Sox listeners, you can get $15 off your first box of premium seafood when you visit Wild Alaskan Company. MLB. That's wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB for $15 off of your first box. The Sox do drop that first game, and Dallas Keuchel pitched a nice game uh, mm-hmm. there in the, in the after really wasting an, an awesome Lance Lynn outing uh, before the rain came on Saturday. It hadn't given up a hit. And so Dallas Keuchel comes out uh, in a relief appearance, technically, and he pitches really well. And he wanted to come back out for the seventh inning. And here's what he said about his outing. Yeah, I mean, I thought I pitched well outside of a, just a couple pitches, but, um, you know, would have liked to have gone that ninth inning. I thought I, you know, at this time in my, in, in my tenure here, I thought I deserved it, just especially how many days we got till the off day, um, till the next day off day, I should say. And, and, um, you know, with how, how many lefties. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. That's where he's at. You, you like that from uh, Dallas Keuchel? Or, I mean, I think, you know, or is that bad form after a tough loss, 3-2? to two? I said 7th, but I meant ninth. as Dallas clarified there. He wanted to go the, the duration of the game through the ninth inning and obviously process over results. But uh, how do you feel about maybe having Dallas out there stay? I know you, you were a fan of having Liam, Liam Hendricks come in there in that spot, mm-hmm. but how would you have felt if Dallas would have been allowed to stay in that ball game? And what do you feel about what he said after the game, sort of bus-tossing his manager there? Um, I think in my heart of hearts, I thought it was fine that they went with Liam Hendricks there. If they would have theoretically went with Dallas, I would have been like, "Mm, it's not great. Fine. He was at 87 pitches, so he had enough. But I'm thinking a regular inning is around 15 to 20 pitches. I mean, he could retire these guys quickly. It'll be fine. But I just didn't like him maybe coming back out for the ninth if he would have did it tony would have did it i would have also been like fine you lose with a guy who's been pretty good today yeah he wasn't five innings to earn and you know four strikeouts he was he was decent he was decent not great decent yeah he you know that eighth inning for him is not exactly like a dominant inning he gets fly out ground out gives up the walk to bowers 
and then uh, ultimately the fly out to end the inning. So he was giving up contact. It's not like you know he was uh, you know painting corners out there and, and being him. But uh, you know I, I liked his candidness. Dallas Keuchel always has something for you uh, before a game, especially when the team is not going well. He's not afraid to tell you tell it like it is. So we move on to that second game, and we begin where we always begin with uh, the man on the mound, Ryan Burr took the ball to start that one as basically an opener. Goes two innings, gives up nothing, strikes out two. Game ball goes to him, man, because in these wins, uh, you know, not many of the, the Sox could choose from this week, but Ryan Burr has been the bright spot in both wins, right, over the, over the calendar week, right? It's like the one game in Pittsburgh yeah. and then the one game against Seattle. Ryan Burr has been really good since coming back up, and uh, I think maybe he settles into place here in this bullpen. But, yeah, that was a nice job by Ryan Burr today. Just awesome. I mean, you saw last year what Matt Foster and his opening did for the White Sox. Gave him a boost and gave him a look at, okay, this guy can do some things. While he struggled this year, I think is a bright future for him. Ryan Burr, I didn't think much of I, when he got out for the uh, uh, Tommy John. I was like, oh, you know, it's tough for him. I I don't want anybody to be hurt, but Ryan Burr is negligible. Him and Hamilton, you know, the, them doing that whole thing. I was like, yeah, you ready cute. for that? It's awesome. I was like, that, was, ready? that was cute. <laughs> <laughs> that was cute. But, you know, they're not great pitchers. So when he came back off of Tommy John, it's like not really expecting anything from him. So this what he's doing this year is much more than I expected. It's nice to see him. And maybe he's being benefiting from being kind of new to these guys because I don't know if he's pitched that much in the major leagues and these guys are reintroducing he's reintroducing himself to the major leagues. So I don't know if they have the book on him and he'll get caught up with eventually, but Kudos to him going out and shoving it today. Yeah, when you when you pound the zone as as he's been doing, it makes it a lot easier on yourself. Unlike the other guys that came in after him, Garrett Crochet just looks absolutely lost out there right now, Herb. And it's this, this is a, a something he looks really. I know we talk about hitters being in between a lot, but I think sometimes relievers can be in between as well because he comes in in that second game and he goes one third of an inning and walks three hitters. And this is after he got hit really hard that outing in Pittsburgh that we saw mm-hmm. in person. So now you're go- you've gone from get- your worst outing as a professional, I, b- I believe you gave up four runs there, and then you walk the yard yesterday. It- it's not good. He looks totally lost out there. I, d- I don't know what the move is here. I don't know if he was just a little shell-shocked. Uh, the velocity was back up. I did see him touch 97. He had been sitting around 95, but we talked about that. It's you know straight 95. I would like to see it up in the zone a little bit more, but he was just too wild today uh, to, to really make an impact, and you know he makes his, the job harder for everyone else that comes after him. I don't know what you do with Garrett Crochet at this point. What do you think, Herb? Send him down for a bit? I don't know. You know maybe will you wait for Jace Fry to come back? before you can make that move, but he, he just does not look good right now. Yeah, the only reason I have him on that team right now with, with his struggles and how he couldn't find the zone today, he threw 17 pitches. Only four were strikes. Like, that's not good. And like we said other day, Pittsburgh's start was not good at or the Pittsburgh relief was not good at all. They were seeing and being every single one of his pitches. He couldn't locate his slider, and they were crushing his 95-plus fastball. So, yeah, he's here until they – has some trust and some faith in what Jake Chase Fry is doing in minor leagues and bring him up or they find another lefty who's getting people down down there in a triple A or double A. So, um, yeah, I would love for him to be and have a proper minor league session so he can develop his pitchers pitches down there 
And when he comes up here again, he'll be right and stay up here for good. Because right now, yeah, you said it. Confidence might be shot. Pittsburgh hit him hard. And now he doesn't want to locate inside the the strike zone because he thinks he might get hurt, hit hard. And this is probably the first time in a long time he's gotten hit hard like he did versus uh, the Pirates. Absolutely. Uh, but other than that, if you take Jimmy Lambert out of the mix, who was only there as the extra man, uh, he gave up four and runs. But <laughs> if you go around those guys, your normal guys – Marshall got out of the out of the you know he did walk a hitter but he he got out of that jam you, you know he still gets credit for a hold uh, but then Hoyer with the with the scoreless inning bummer bummer with the scoreless inning and then Hendricks comes on to to clean up uh, Jimmy Lambert's mess uh, with the save there so other than that you know I think there are some good things to come out of this game here in terms of the bullpen that was a huge game that you needed and I know you you got spotted a, a hefty lead and maybe that was part of the uh, psyche for the bullpen and you know that was that made them go out there and do their jobs a little easier before Jimmy Lambert came in and uh, you know closed the gap uh, with the run march in there but that was a good job by the bullpen there holding it down at least the guys that matter yeah exactly and that's what they need they need a a resurgent bullpen and like we are talking about with ryan burr we've been looking for that right-handed reliever besides uh, liam Hendricks to step up and to see that evan marshall even though i don't think it was an awesome appearance by him it was decent cody hoyer looks back he looks a little bit more confident in what he's throwing and how he's doing and how he's getting people out i like the performance he had on sunday afternoon jimmy lambert i <laughs> I know he's just a call up for this second hand, but I'm sure that Ethan Katz and Tony said, hey, man, we're up seven to two. Throw some strikes. If this dude or that dude hit a home run off you. Cool. We'll come and get you, bro. All good. Let them hit it as far as they can. But walking anybody, hitting anybody. I know he didn't try to hit them. Unacceptable. Can't let hitters on. And then, you know, the hitters you let on in front of the hitter that you don't want to face in Mitch Hanniger. And he murdered that ball. So Jimmy Lambert, I just want him to think about situation and understand that. I know sometimes your, your, your control goes away and your command goes away, but he was just off and time and situation. You cannot walk a guy. You cannot hit a guy, especially in front of Mitch Hanniger. So bullpen in general, overall, I give a plus grade four. Um, we're going to get to uh, your mean in a second here, but uh, job well done by the bullpen getting through that one. And finally, a little bit of an offensive spark uh, on this dead-ass team uh, over the past week or so. They, they Scoring enough runs to get the job done, seven runs across. The damage done largely by just two guys in the lineup, two of the young guys. And uh, we'll get to your mean, as I mentioned. But Zach Collins with a big day at the plate. Uh, getting the start and uh, he goes two for four with four RBI and he's reached base safely this is from the White Sox game notes 11 of his last 13 games going 1135 in that span with a 385 OBP five doubles 10 RBIs and four runs scored so that was an I, I was starting to be real down on Zach Collins I was having a, a moment here thinking about Zach Collins and I'm like man this kid is a bust I'm not a fan he doesn't hit the ball hard ever and then he has a, a big day today when they really needed it yeah, he really broke out today. I was very good to see because, you know, I have YouTube TV like you do, and I'm checking Twitter at the same time, and there's your me and I'm first, and somebody 
like Yerman gets his uh, gets on base and somebody posts at the same time. Three to one socks. Yeah, let's go. It's like three to one socks. How the Zach Collins would have to hit the ball really hard and really far. <laughs> someone Yerman die. To score f- <laughs> yeah. From first base. And Zach Collins murdered that ball to center field. He absolutely tattooed it. And Yermin scored with ease to home plate. So, yeah. And then later on with the bases clearing double there again, Zach, you know, is more often than not, he's coming through than he's failing. And not to mention the great throw by Luis Gonzalez and the great tag, like the deep kind of tag by Zach Collins to hit, uh, I think it was Kyle Seeger in the arm and to get him out with a sneak attack and to get him out at the plate before they scored their third run and then build some momentum there. That was a great game by Zach Collins. He really showed up. And like you said, I've been wanting to give up on this kid for many, many times. And, you know, I don't think he's a major league catcher that's catching 150 games a year or 140 games a year, but he's a nice serviceable MLB player and he's young. So maybe he can grow into that. So right now I wouldn't give him more of the starts. You know, I know Yasmani is the starter, but if Yaz was going out, we would be in trouble because I don't think Zach is ready for the 100% spotlight. But in the spots that he does do it, he's been decent. And Yermin goes two for four with three RBIs. It's big, big weekend for Yermin to get back in the mix and start feeling the good vibes again. Um, here's what Tony had to say about Yermin's big day on Sunday. Coach Tony? Coach Tony. Yeah, there's no, no question that uh, his work has been, you know, the process is working good, and he's sticking into the game. I mean, he looks more like he did early, right? And uh, it would be a great time for him to get back to being himself. Get back to being himself, Herb. Uh, I don't know. Can you? Can he, Tony? I, I mean, I don't know, Coach Tony. Um, yeah, him, you know, when I think of your mean, uh, at least what the, the man who he used to be, um, you know, guy having fun out there doing his thing, you know, swinging 3-0. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's that's himself, you know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That just that really irritated me. Um, you know, this guy's gone through gone through hell before he even got to the big leagues, and then you know he, he experiences success, and then his manager, you know, basically cuts his nuts off, and now he's go, gone through hell again, and now he's finally starting to climb out slowly, and then uh, his manager says, "Oh, you know, good to see him be himself again." Like Jesus Christ, man! I, that that just that that really irritates me. Uh, you know, I, I, when we think about the lens of, of everything we've been talking about the past month or so with your mean, that's really aggravating. And we, we didn't have many e- uh, emails or voicemails this weekend, but we did have follow up from our guy, Mark, who called us with a really insightful uh, voicemail last week about your mean. And he wanted to clarify that he wasn't talking about us making light of the struggles. Um, he said it was another Sox podcast, uh, but uh, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But either way, Herb, no matter what his manager says after the game, it's good to, to see your mean contribute once again. And if they're going to be without Abreu for an extended amount of time, and if they're going to wait for the arrival of Escobar season returning, you know, they're going to need guys to step up. You know, they're going to need these guys to these young guys, you know, not just, it can't be all Grandal carrying the load out here. Tim is struggling right now. And, you know, Moncada has leveled off a bit. And Grandal is the only real offensive threat for power right now. So it's big that these guys like your mean step up. And it was certainly good to see him have a good day for once. Yeah, we're rooting for your mean. We'll never, ever, like, say that he is a bad player. And, I mean, we might say he needs to go down. But we're rooting for success. And today 
is a day that you remember the the days that he comes through big time. And this is the guy that we saw earlier in the year where he's seeing and being it and contributing RBI wise. He, he's had a horrible, you know, May since May, like in the middle of May till now. And for him to break through, see a couple go in. That's what we talked about earlier. Like seeing a couple shots go in makes a basketball player more confident and seeing little balls bloop in and go over a short steps head and hit some line shots through, especially when guys score, that must feel really good. That guy must be back to like, okay, this is how it's done. I can do this. You know, all it took is me putting bat to ball. I've been here. I've been bred for this. Been ten years in the minors. This is how it's done. I feel better now. And sometimes this he might have a huge series versus the Twins, as we saw before. He can hit the Twins pretty hard. So I'm a fan of your mean figuring out and making that decision tough on Tony and all the rest of the guys instead of what it's been the last couple of weeks. Where like when Eloy comes back, it's going to be 100 percent the DH. I want the decision to be okay. Maybe we keep Eloy out there in left field. Because we got to keep the bat of your mean Mercedes and that guy returns the guy that from April returns. And then you're like, oh, this is tough, man. We got to put Aloy in the lineup 100 percent. But where do we put him? Do we put him left or we put him DH? I want him to be a DH. Let that be clear. But I want the decision to be really tough for Aloy to get back in the lineup as the designated hitter. You mentioned the twins. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll preview the twin series next here on Locked on White Sox. And this episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. And let me tell you, folks, I'm down 21 pounds now. Thank you to our friends at Built Bar. I don't think I could have done it without them eliminating those bad sugary snacks from my diet and replacing them with the nutritious, delicious Built Bars has been a godsend for me. I just ordered a new 18-pack of German chocolate. They went on sale this weekend, and uh, they may be gone by now, which is why you have to sign up for the email alerts and text alerts so you know when your favorite flavors come back like I did. German chocolate is probably my best flavor, I would say, and now I get to have some. And I even ordered a special cooler. It's a Built Bar cooler that they were offering last week with your purchase. Better head to BuiltBar.com now and see if they're still there. But I took some on the road with me to Pittsburgh, and they were kept nice and cool in their little Built Bar cooler. They give you these nice little freezer packs to go with it. It's really, really a great thing to have if you're going on the road this summer. Get yourself some Built Bars now. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15. That's going to get you 15% off your next order. That's what I did when I ordered my German chocolate Built Bars. And, you know, if you're looking to lose weight or maintain weight, they're just perfect. When you talk about Built Bars, you talk about how delicious they are, but also they're packed with protein. Your average Built Bar has about 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories with about 4 grams of sugar. Pretty good, right? And I'm telling you, they taste awesome. One of my favorite flavors became one of my favorite flavors was back in stock recently, the coconut. I ordered some of those. Herb's favorite flavor, the peanut butter brownie, is a mainstay. Go to BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. 
Big series with the Twins coming up. Twins playing some good ball. Winners of seven of nine and uh, doing their part in helping uh, beat up on the uh, Cleveland Indians a little bit this weekend. Help keep the Sox with a two and a half game uh, lead in the Central. Pitching matchup for tonight. Kenta Maeda. He's three and two with a four eight five earned run average and. 2018 worst pitcher in baseball. Lucas Giolito's <laughs> on the mound. He's five and five with a three eight zero earn run average. Um, yeah, every time I see that commercial, just like every time I think of Lucas Giolito, whenever they mention him on Sports Center or you know, MLB Tonight, the worst pitcher in baseball. Um, it sounds like a clear. Stephen A. Jackson. I did not Stephen know a. that. Yeah. I appreciate that, but I don't give a damn. <laughs> Stephen A. Jackson. <laughs> Stephen A. Jackson. <laughs> They all look alike like, to you, Herb. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, it's like, um, yeah, I I love that commercial. But Lucas Giolito bobblehead day. I can't believe you didn't go to the game on Sunday. I for, I forgot. A buddy of mine, Sang, hit me up. And uh, he, he wanted to know if I wanted to go. But Sunday is a self-care day. Went out for a workout today. You know, grocery shopping, Costco, the jewels. And uh, we did a lot of stuff with the old kiddos in the neighborhood today. So Sunday's an awful day. Don't forget laundry, too, on top of it. Uh, so, and, you know, I could not get out there. But... I reached out. I got a I got a bobblehead guy, and I think you okay. know I think you know who it is. Um, I do. And uh, he, re- yeah, I reached out to him. I was like, you know, uh, I understand you're a man who knows how to get things, and uh, and he said he was going to take care of me. But then he came through, and he's like, you know what? Uh, my guy Pete Hands got you on a Lucas Giolito bobblehead. You know, the wow. one the one away guys were out there this weekend, and uh, Pete Hand was able to secure me a Lucas Giolito bobblehead. And wouldn't you know it, Pete Hand happened to be the random winner of our latest Locked on Sox prize pack for being uh, one of our subscribers to YouTube. So every 100 subscribers will give out a random prize pack. And Pete Hand just so happens he's one of the early supporters of our show uh, and has been a supporter throughout and a good guy and a great baseball guy and a Hall of Fame baseball person. Aloha, Mr. Hand. He is the winner. That prize pack is going out. He'll get it this week. And what do you know? I've got a bobblehead out of it. So, you know, these things happen. What are you going to do? You know, so, but yeah, you will see. Fell off the back with a truck. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Lucas will be up here at some point. I guess it's Star Wars themed or something. Uh, You know, Uh, either way, it's Lucas's first bobblehead. Uh, So, worst picture with baseball, and now he's got a bobblehead. Uh, So, Tuesday, Bailey Bailey Ober for the Twins. He's uh, he's got no record. Let's give him one uh, with a four six four ERA against Dylan C six and three with a three eight one. And then uh, Carlos Rodon six and three with a two oh six earn run average against Jose Barrios seven and two with a three four one. That is on Wednesday. So pretty big series with the Twins here. And, and then Thursday too. Yeah, I don't I don't have Thursdays here. I know in front Lance of me. Lynn's going. Well, yeah, it ought to be. Yeah, Lance Lynn's going to go all nine after. And that's he, yeah. And yeah, exactly. Only pitched three. I was expecting. <laughs> him to like bump one of the guys like hey i'm pitching on tuesday get out of here <laughs> yeah get out of here yeah. youngster who would say no yeah, yeah sick dylan's gonna say no sick all right cool you got it sick i'm out of here um yeah so put some xbox in the house <laughs> yeah so it's big series with the twins they're playing good baseball and they can always score runs so especially the weather in chicago the way it is now balls flying out of the yard and the Sox are gonna have to keep up man it's gonna be another test they're playing another uh, team while they're they're hot coming in, so it, you know this. We look at the quote unquote easy schedule, but mm-hmm. again, not about who you play; it's about when you play them. So it should be a fun series as as always when the Twins come to town. Yeah, and I'm going to Wednesday night's game. Scheduled to go Wednesday night's game, so Ooh. the rain holds off and we can uh, watch that game in peace in my season tickets. This is the first time I'm in my actual season tickets that I bought the twenty pack for, so it's going to be a great night. 
I'm being 531. Say, stop by and say hi if you're in the area. Buy me a beer. Actually, don't buy me a beer. I got to go to work <laughs> the next day. So, yeah, we're going to have an enjoyable time in 531. So I'm looking forward. And it's Rodan, you said, on that day. So awesome. Hopefully throws another no hitter and I get another uh, commemorative t- t- ticket. <laughs> yeah, to me. I, I want my commemorative ticket because you're not a commemorative type of person. You're not a sen- I am not a, a sentimental biatch like I am. So I am. Uh, not. Yeah, you, but you'll get this. All right, I will get this. Okay, all right. That's uh, that's all I got. Uh, we've already been gabbing away too much. A lot of things uh, on the on the burner here. So yeah, we we apologize for going long. I know you guys uh, don't have any real problem with that, but the network they they're going to tell me this episode like, throw this too long. Seventeen episodes. Yeah, ex- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, so that that's all I got here. So. Uh, we'll talk to you guys. We'll have the recap of game one of the twin series posted at midnight, provided that game is not going on still. And I keep saying that because it hasn't happened yet. So I'm going to put that disclaimer out there every time. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, unless that game is still going on, we'll have the recap for you at midnight tomorrow. That is Chris Daniel. Follow him at Chris Daniel. My name is Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23 on Twitter. And our show is at Locked on Socks. And you heard Tanny say, we're on YouTube. Go there and subscribe. Pete Han did. He won the prize pack randomly. So random. We selected him randomly as the 400th. Well, he wasn't the 400th. But once we hit 400, we give out a prize pack. When we hit 500, we'll give out a prize pack. So tell your friends right now. Sign up. Locked on Socks on YouTube. 312-566-8727. The way you can leave a voice message or Locked on Socks at Gmail. The way you can leave an email for Chris Tannehill. My name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for listening to this episode of Locked on Socks.